Welcome to another County Live. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah. Still got lockdown here. Now getting yeah, me into too. Serious, serious trouble at home for it. Oh. The, uh, the the slightly jokey comments about you need a haircut are now turning into slightly aggressive get your haircut comments. Um, but I'm riding it out. I'm riding the wave. Yours is looking fantastic. That well, I'm doing the beetle thing. I've not. I've I've got hair behind my ears as well, and I'm and like like we said last week, we're thinking of keeping it. But I bet there's never been so much chat about hair in the history of the world. And that's not just on this podcast. But anyway, we are here to talk about another amazing player. You've got one of the big names uh, that you're talking to tonight. Carlton Palmer, uh, former England international, former Premier League player, um, Stockport County player manager all those years ago, uh, joins us on the show this evening, now based in China. Um, So I have to say in advance... Um, the internet signal is not amazing. There are a couple of minor dropouts, um, but we've we've put you know we've had the magicians who work in the world of the internet look at it, and um, yeah, we've fixed pretty much everything. But uh, it's a very very insightful chat, and um, from county for county fans who were around the club at that time, I think it's one that is worth listening to. Um, a lot of insight in this one. Well, from county to China or from China to county, this is Chris's interview with Carlton Palmer. Carlton Palmer, very good afternoon to you, or at least it's it's good afternoon where I am. Uh, Whereabouts in the world are you at the moment? Well, I'm in Shanghai, so it's uh, coming up to 8.30 in the evening here. We're we're seven hours, I think that would be ahead of you, yeah? Yes. And how is it over there? How's everything? It's been a a crazy last few months, but, but how is it over where you are? Yeah, no, it's been crazy. But Shanghai, you know, with all due respect, Shanghai have dealt with the coronavirus. Um, the, the, the Chinese people are very matter of fact how they deal with things. They shut, shut Shanghai down, um, yeah. you know, for three months. Completely everything was shut down. Everything's up and running now. Everything's up and running. The borders are still shut because obviously they won't let anybody in because they don't want the virus to, to spread again. Uh, they don't want a second spike. So in terms of travelling, for me and Luce, it's really tough at the moment because we've got four kids and grandkids and parents and whatever and we can't get back this summer. I'm probably looking at maybe, you know, another four or five months before the Chinese uh, government decide to open up the borders and quite rightly so. Um, you know, they don't want the infection coming back. So, yeah, we ju- we're just going to we, we're just gonna have to get on with it. I mean, Shanghai is a magnificent place. Uh, we love it here. This, we're going into our seventh year. Um, but obviously, we're missing family and friends and missing the kids. And, you know, we'd, we're on holiday now. We would we would actually be in the UK. Well, we wouldn't be in the UK because we, we, we normally fly back to the UK and then go to our place in Portugal. So everybody would be in Portugal right now. We'd be having uh, drinks and fun. We're actually, I'm actually drinking a Portuguese rosé tonight. My wife looks lovely. Get the actual same rosé. We drink in Portugal. She's managed to import it, so I'm enjoying a glass of that tonight. Well, chin up. I wish I could join you. I'll have to, I'll have to order some in. Um, what is it, if you don't mind me asking, what is it that took you to China? What, what, was, the, what was the pull there? Well, it's strange how things worked out. Um, I was working with the BBC. I ended up um, getting a job offer to go to Dubai. While I was in Dubai, I got the opportunity, uh, the offer to... Uh, start coaching within an international school. Uh, the the master of the school was a guy called David Cook, an English guy from Leicester. He was a mad football supporter. Um, so, yeah, so that's how it uh, started. We lost the rights to the uh, Premier League in Dubai. That went to Al Jazeera in Abu Dhabi. So, uh, in effect, uh, my job was done again. Um, but the headmaster of the school said, listen, um, the, the company I'm working for are opening up a school in Shanghai. So I spoke to Lucy and, and, and because I was out there on my own because, uh, uh, you know, Lucy stayed at home with the kids um, while I was doing what I was doing. And then we said when, when the kids were going off to university that she would join me if I was abroad. So it was one of those. They offered me a job to go to Shanghai. Wellington College, we have one in Berkshire. Uh, and we have one net. Well, we have we have several now around the world, uh, and they offered me the job of being ambassador for uh, overseas. 
I run the football and uh, the after-school activities. So I really enjoy my job. I really do. It's amazing how you hear stories of people who, you know, players when they retire, some of them think that they're going to punditry, some go into coaching, whatever. But there's, there is other other avenues for footballers and it sounds like an amazing adventure you're on. Yeah, I mean, I'm always open to to things um, and, and I'm, I've always been I've always been prepared to, you know, um, put myself out of my comfort zone. You know, you're not going to get the rewards in life if you if you take the easy route sometimes and sometimes the opportunities don't present themselves in the UK. Have you seen with, with lots of players I've spoke to, you know, Ian Bishop's in America, Earl Barrett's in America, Warren Barton's in America. There's there's loads of places that, you know, Gordon Watson's out in a, another foreign country. There's loads of places that, that um, open up opportunities for you and it's whether you want to take yourself out of the comfort zone and, and try these things. And uh, I'm pleased I have done. It's widened my uh, horizons and it's it's widened my you know uh, knowledge of living abroad and you know and, and, and living outside the UK as it were I've been outside the UK now for you know I would say this is coming up to my 13th year you know um, I come back and my family's in the UK we still have our family I'm in Sheffield but yeah majority of the time we, we you know we work abroad now <laughs> Let's let's have a look at, um, at Stockport County. This is why you're on the show, of course, this evening. Welcome to, to Stockport County Live. There's there's plenty to to speak about about your time there, how how you got involved, uh, everything that happened. But but before we get into all that, do you keep an eye on how County are doing at the moment? Did you see the promotion season uh, a couple of years back? Yeah, of course I do. I still got a lot of friends in Stockport. I mean, it was you know, I know people will say it wasn't a particularly successful time, but it depends how they view that. You know, um, and that's why I've done, you know, recent interviews, not to justify myself, because I don't need to justify myself. Um, but, you know, I, I made a lot of friends in Stockport. A lot of the players, we became friends. You know, I tried to help the players in, in a variety of different ways. It was a diff difficult circumstances. Um, it was when I took the job. I mean, I remember even now when I discussed the, the opportunity when Brendan Elwood offered me the job. Uh, by the way, he, he's one of the finest uh, chairman, uh, finest blokes, one of the nicest guys I've come across. Um, you know, when he offered me the job, it, it, Ron said to me, Courtney, you sure you, this is a job you want to take? You've got a side that's, you know, 17 point, you know, 17 league games in and, and, and seven points adrift at the bottom of the league. He said, you've got a world of trouble there. Um, but I got on really well with Brendan. I, I, I still, to this day, when I go back to Sheffield, me and Brendan go and have a drink and have a cigar. He's a top bloke. It was a, a situation that had... had um, the club had, in previous years, the club had exceeded expectations. And they'd only managed to exceed expectations because it was bankrolled by the chairman. It, never, it wasn't run on a financial footing... Um, because the chairman put in 750 grand out of his own pocket every six months because he, he was in that position to do that. So, you know, that season when I took over, the wage bill was, you know, it, it was unheard of in that league, but it was only because Brendan was prepared to pay that amount of money. So you, you look at that and say, right, you, you, you only have to do the maths. People don't really sit down and look at it. They want to just say, oh, well, Carlton Palmer didn't really do well. But you sit down and look at the maths. 17 games and you're, you're seven points adrift at the bottom of the league. So yeah. you work out the maths of what points you need to stay in the league. You need two points a game. If you get two points a game from the start of the season to the end of the season, you get promoted. Yes. It's a, fair, it's a fair point, and uh, you know I don't, I don't think there were many people that, that that would suggest that. Now, was that a train of thought that went through your mind before you took the job? Then, like you say, um, Ron at Sheffield was saying, "Are you sure?" Brendan Elwood would have said to you, "This is the task. You know the task. You've just done the maths there yourself." So, was that was that going through your mind before you signed on any lines? Yeah, it was. It was, and uh, and and 
you know, I spoke to, at length to Kevin Richardson and we, we talked about it and we said, but, but the thing was, what people don't know is when you take a job, like the chairman's, a, a, like I said to you, is a fantastic bloke, we had a plan A and a plan B. We were going to try and stay up. We knew the inevitable might happen and we had a plan yeah. B. So we tried, we, we set off. If you remember, we went to Watford the first game, we got a draw. Then we played yeah. Norwich at home, I scored the winner. Everybody thinks happy, happy days. Four points from two games against, you know, Watford and Norwich, the two top, top of the two teams at the top of the league. But the simple fact was after 19 games, we were still in the same position, still nine yeah. points away from safety. So then you have to start thinking about, well, if you get rele relegated with this kind of wage bill, it's a major problem. So this is where the chairman and I had already had the discussion. We said we'd give it a go. And then when we get to a point, we'd have a look. So we got to a point and we said, right, let's have a look at it. We've got players, you know, who were on three or four year contracts on decent money. And I'm talking, you know, and I'm not speaking out of school here. We're talking four grand a week at that time, which is a lot of money, mm. right? Yeah. And, and, and the chairman put his hand up to it because the chairman is the one who sanctions the contracts. He put his hand up to it. So the problem, the problem that we had then was, he said to me, here's 500 grand come. Try and stay up if you can't. So I said to him, well, let's have a look at it. And so I didn't think we, we, I didn't think we were able to stay up after, we, after the two games that we, um, we won and drew, Norwich and Watford. I said to the chairman, let's just pay off all the big wage earners. Let's get them out of the club and let's use the youth we've got. There's some, there were some fantastic players in the youth team, you know, the ones that are bloodied. We went and bought Ricky Lambert for a, a record fee of 350,000. Uh, we bought Lou Beckett in and we said, right, let's, let's rebuild, let's rebuild, right? So it, and so it was horrible. You imagine me and Rico, we played in the Premier League all of our careers. We've won things. So losing week in, week out and going to places, losing 5-0 at West Bromwich Albion and, and Burnley and places like that, it was horrible. But we knew what we were doing. And then the following season, you start to see the improvement of these young players. And then we added bringing in the likes of Jim Goodwin and Kevin Ellison and players like that. And if you look at the, the season... I think we started to go on a, one hell of a run um, and the players were playing extremely well. And, and, and then Brendan came to me, unfortunately. Um, his wife, Barbara, wasn't very well. And, and it, it no longer became his major focus. His major focus, obviously, was for his wife. So, mm -hmm. you know, I said, to, I said to Rico there and then at the time, if you look at that, that season, where did we finish? We finished above halfway in the table with a bunch of kids. With a bunch of kids. Yeah. You, you just go, just look through the side. John Ardica, we brought in. All these kids were 21 and 22 years of age. A bunch of kids. So it would be a year, I would think, possibly two years maximum before we get promotion. Maximum. We then play at the start of the following season, we play Wimbledon away. We were fit. We got the players fit. We we're unbelievably fit. John, uh, Luke Beckett, who scores 25 goals religiously, does his crucial in the game. There's your, you're on the back foot then. And then, you know, the referee, which we weren't happy with at half time, allowed them an extra break because their players were being sick, physically sick because of the heat. But our players were fit. We end up losing the game 1 0. But when, when Brian Kennedy sacked me, the simple fact is, I think we'd, it was what, seven games in, we'd lost two games and I think won one and drawn four. Yeah. So what I don't understand, what I don't understand is I got sacked at that point. I left a talented, talented young squad and that's been proven because if you look at the players who've gone on to play in yeah. higher leagues, Wilburham's, Ricky Lambert, Jim Goodwin, Ellison. I can name you seven or eight of the players who went on to play 
at an higher level. He finished lower that season than me, and they didn't get relegated that season. They got relegated the following season. So is that anything to do with me? Would it be fair to say, just going off what you've just said, would it be fair to say you have unanswered questions from that time? And if you were given the chance, I don't know, to speak to Brian Kennedy or something like that, you would still have questions for him? No, I wouldn't have stayed. I said to Brian, I said to Kevin Richardson, I'll tell you now, we got the job, we got an, I got an, a call from uh, Northampton Football Club, right? Through my agent. They wanted me and Kevin. And I said to Kevin at the time when Brian Kennedy came in and I said to Kevin, I said, we need to get out of here now, mate. And Kevin Richardson turned around to me and he said, Gaffer, we've been through all what we've been through. We've done, you know, all these losing games. We've worked so hard with these young lads. He said, I promise you, Gaffer, it'll be all right. They'll do well for you, Gaffer. He said, just hang in there. Seven games in, he fires me. You you spoke about Brendan Elwood before in in high regard. You said, you you know, you you like to see him again when you get the chance, you go and have a drink together and everything else. (sighs) Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm guessing you don't have a similar relationship these days with Brian. No, no. I mean, I, I, I've, I've not had no dialect with Brian, and nor would I have in the future. I didn't. I don't like. I didn't like the way he conducted himself. Even to st- this day, when I speak to Brendan, when I go back, Brendan feels that he's been let down by Brian Kennedy um, in terms of what he said to me. He, he, he wanted for the football club. Um, Brian Kennedy sacked me. We, we cut the wage bill from something like three point seven million to one point two million, and brought in. 1.2 million for Shefty Kuki. I mean, the job Enrico did was, you know, this is what the supporters don't see behind the scenes. The job, we, because the way the club was run, which was Brendan's choice, he bankrolled the club. It wasn't run on a financial uh, stable footing because Brendan, if the club was ever in trouble, Brendan just got his checkbook out and just written another check. But I said to him, Brendan, you can't do that. We got to we got to get in line, um, and that's what we did. So, you know, at the end of the day, people and I've heard loads of stories about you know uh, people criticising me about my time at Stockport. If you actually look at it and you look at what we did and when we left, we actually did a decent job. We did a decent job. We left the club. The club wasn't the club didn't get relegated the season that I was sacked seven games in. Samuel McElroy finished. I think three points or four points above the drop zone and got relegated the following season. But yet everybody comes back and says, oh, well, it was Carlton Palmer. Look at the players I brought into the club that went on to do great things. Ricky Lambert being one who went on to play for England. Do you, do you, feel, that this is, do you feel that this is an opportunity or do you feel that you have to put the record straight? Because you mentioned this is what the fans don't see and you mentioned that you hear stories that it was Carlton's fault. And is this, do you feel that this is something that needs correcting for, for, in fairness to yourself? Well, no, listen, I mean, I'm, listen, I've been through a lot of things in my career. I'm not one of these people who, who need to feel justified in any which way. But when people say certain things that are just aren't true, um, then I think sometimes it needs to be addressed. And, you know, you, you, people don't, don't realise the things we went through. You, 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 in my first day in my job at Stockport County, God's on his truth. The chairman goes to me, can't, we've got an offer on the table for Shefty Kuki of 500,000. So I said to him, Chairman, how much did you pay for him? He said, we paid 350 grand for him. Finish international. Right? So if you're going to stay up or have any hope to stay up, you, you need Shefty Kuki on your side, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is Shefty someone else that you, I'm guessing you, you haven't stayed in touch with? Well, listen, I proved to Shefty Kuki, right? It's simple. I said to Shefty Kuki, listen, I, and, and, and I'm being straight up with him. I said, Shefty, let's have a go. If we can't stay up, I won't stop you from the Premier League, as soon as rang me, Blackburn were after him. I said, we can't stay up. I'll let you go. But at least give, give, give me a, a bit of time. I said, mm. you've not played me. I said, give me a bit of time. 
So I said to him, there's no way you're going for 500 grand. There's no way. I said to the Premier League or not, I said, I'll sell you for more money. I had offers. I think I had 1 million from Wolves, 1 million from Burnley, who were going for promotion. And he chose to go to Sheffield Wednesday for 1.2 million, who at the bottom of the league, he went for money. And you know what's embarrassing? Like I said to him, he came back, if you remember, to play for Sheffield Wednesday against us. And we beat him and I played at centre-back and he never got a kick. And I was 13 years of age. Uh, we, we, you just froze at the, at the inopportune moment there. But it seems like... But that was the first day of my job. Does it feel like you were up against it from day one? Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hearing that, that that's what's coming across. Now, that's not to put anything against you, but when... When we're hearing things like that, it seems like you're up against it from the beginning. Yeah, but I knew that. I knew before I took the job. Listen, I'm an independent person. Before I knew the job, you know, Brendan and I had talked. It wasn't going to be an easy job. That You know, the, the facts are there. This is part of uh, football management. Uh, it's part of life. Things you have to deal with. And time... You can't come out. So I couldn't come out and say that publicly. You know, Shifty Cookies refused to play the first game and down tools. I couldn't publicly come out and say that. So you have to get on with it. And then, you know, you get criticised, um, you know, for what, for, what we're, for what goes on. If you look at it, Stockport, we're going to get ready that season regardless. So we got players out. We, we reduced the wage bill. We put a good young side together that finished above halfway in the league the following season. And we got the sack seven games into the following season. That's the truth. You, you mentioned a moment ago, there's, there's areas that the fans won't hear about. And then obviously you say you can't come out and publicly say this. Stockport County is, uh, and let's be honest, Stockport County is not the biggest club um, you, you've been involved with. It's not the biggest club in the world. There's a very passionate fan base there, though, and it, it's, a it's a team that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and obviously, you're saying, like like you said, you can't come out and say these things and there's things going on that the fans don't see. Was it a bit upsetting for you that when all is said and done, you've left the club and it maybe feels like you've not been able to have those fans saying Carlton Palmer got everything right for us? Well, I don't know. You say you say what you say. I mean, a lot of the stop, a lot of Stockport people um, have said nice things to me, um, even on Twitter and stuff like that. I'm disappointed that Rico and I were not able to finish the job that we started. If Brian Kennedy had left us in charge, um, I honestly believe we'd have got promoted that season. We, we had a problem with Luke Beckett, as I said. We would have lost Luke Beckett. He had his crew should. He was he, he was going to be out for the season. So we'd have had to bring somebody else in. He was our talisman who, who scored us, you know, 25, 30 goals. But we, we had a side that I believed would be playoffs all better. Both me and Rico, but the season, it's playoffs all better. With a, with, a, with, with, with a very young side. So I'm disappointed that we weren't uh, given the opportunity to see that out. But also the supporters, like you say, they're passionate people. They care about the club. You know, when you're a manager, and this is what the general public don't understand, is you can't come out of time and say the things you'd really want to say. Because these are the problems you have to deal with inside. If you're going to come out and say, oh, well, you know, the supporters... From aren't going to turn up. You lose out from a, uh, you know, from an executive point of view. People buying boxes, sponsorship deals, and this is the thing. As a manager, you know, it is very difficult in those lower leagues. It really is very difficult. But I was fortunate with the chairman I had in Brenda Landwood. I was pleased with the squad of players I had. I think they were a good bunch of players. I'd like to have kept one or two of the players that I got rid of. But it just wasn't feasible at the time with the club 
Mm. You know, about to get relegated and financial. The boy Scotty Taylor went on to score, what, 25 goals the, the season. I'd love to have kept Scotty Taylor, but he was one of those that we had to, you know, not that we really wanted to, but just to balance the books. And, 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 and sometimes you have to do that as a manager. It, it's, it's, uh, trust me, it's, it, it's not an easy job. But I won't, I won't lie to you. I'm, I'm always a straight-up person. I think that being a player manager is a very difficult job. And if I had my time again, I would not have taken the job as a player manager. To, to, to follow up on that point then, would you have steered clear of Stockport County or just of the playing aspect or just of the management aspect? No, no. I, w- I would have still taken the job because of Brendan Elwood. 100%. But I would have... I mean, obviously, the, the fact... Brendan, I, probably, I think the, the, the fact that I could still play, even though I, I, you know, I was coming to the end of my career, um, I, I think that's what appeals to, to Brendan. Um, but... It, you know, in hindsight, you, I didn't realise how tough a job it was. And in the predicament we were in, you're in a situation where you're trying to concentrate on playing because I had uh, I had a lot to offer to the team. But then I was trying to do the manager's job and sometimes you get caught in between two stools. I mean, in the end, towards the, the following season, as I say, after we got relegated, me and Rico got an unbelievable system sorted. So Rico said to me, we sat down, he said to me, Gaffer, you just train with the lads Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, you come in and take over. Saturday, Rico did the team. Sunday, I would re-look at the video. And then Monday, I'd come in and speak to the boys. And we got it sorted then. We got the balance. But I was young and, you know, you learn from experiences. And we got the balance. We got the balance right. And I still believe to this day, if if Brian Kennedy hadn't sat me, Stockport County would have been in the playoffs that season. That is, I, I, and I'll hundred percent. I'm telling you that they would have done that. The players that we had, you know, you look at when he sat me. The, the th- four of those games that were drawn could have been wins. Easy yeah. wins. We weren't a million miles away, and we knew that. But these young guys needed to keep giving them belief. Andy Walsh, you know, keep giving them belief. They were still young guys. You know, we kept Tally Gibb, who was doing really well for us. You know, we, we, we had, you know, we had a good young side. And the fact is, and this is the fact that people forget at Stockport. I left that season. They were not in the relegation zone. They were not in a drift at the bottom of the league. And I left after eight games. They did not get relegated that season. They finished lower than when I left them. And then the following season, they got relegated. That's that's not my fault. Let me ask you about one of the happier times. And listen, I know you've done so much with your career. I want to speak to you about England at some point. I want to speak to you about some of the players that played under you at some point. But let me speak to you about one of, I'm going to ask you, and hopefully it's a fair question, it's not at the highest level that you've ever played at, but was it a career high that night against City when in the last couple of minutes of the game, you've taken the ball, you've won the ball in defence, a couple of passes later, John Hardiker's threw on goal at the Cheetland and County beat City two goals to one. Just relive that evening for us and, and how high does it stand in, in your football memory catalogue? Oh, no, it's massive. It's massive because it was massive for the Stockport County fans. It was massive for the players. I knew how big it was for the players. Um, and, you know, we, we we were performing well. I mean, I forget which manager rang me up and said he'd seen us play the week before against, I think it was against Burnley. And he said to me, it's the best side we've seen. It's the best. He was there, he was there watching the game and he was scouting. He said, it's the best side we've seen. And I knew what we were doing and I knew we were getting it right. And and it dropped it dropped on right, the Man City game, which was fantastic. It was a great atmosphere, great night. The players played well. John Ardica, you know, he was one of those players who was a bit insecure, but the boy could play, could really play. And and on that night it was a, it was a, you know, it's up there. It's one of the greatest memories in, in my footballing career. Uh, you know, the way 
the boys, I said to the boys before the game, I said, you know, we owe the fans something. And at least let's let's try and give them something to um, to to chant about. And uh, we played exceptionally well that night. And uh, yeah, no, like I said, uh, fantastic, fantastic. It was fantastic in the dressing room. And I was pleased with the boys. I mean, let me tell you, I, I've got to be honest with you, apart from Chef De Kuki, who downed tools from the first day um, that I went through, every other player that was at Stockport County at that time uh, uh, give me everything that they could do. They showed me a lot of respect. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I still speak to the boys, some of the boys now, and I still look out for the some of them who are still playing now to see how they're doing. John Daly and Kevin Ellison still playing now. You know, uh, I've got to... We, we made... Rico and I are very personable people. And we, 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 we're what's known as team players. We, we, in our careers, we've won a lot, me and Rico. But we're, we're, not, we're not the icing on the cake. We're the bread and butter. So we understand what that's about, you know? Yeah. Um, so, no, listen, we had, we, had a, we had a great time at Stockport. And we were sad that we weren't allowed to, to finish it on happier terms, which we would have done. Yeah, and I think that's a better way of putting it. To be fair, to, to finish it on happier terms, let's just let's just stay with that evening with City for the moment. I don't know if you've had the chance to see the clip back at any point. County posted it on their socials uh, at some point in the last week or so, uh, and I just love the line and commentary that Kevin Keegan checks his watch and there's nothing he can do now. When when you got back into the dressing room after just the mayhem, the meddle about in Edgeley Park because County have beaten Man City in in such fashion, in such style. What were the scenes like inside the dressing room? I, I mean, I can imagine them, but it'd be great to hear it from, from yourself. Oh, no. we Listen, the one thing about me is I tried to bring a sense of fun to what we were doing all the time. That's the way I was brought up with Ron Atkinson. So, yeah, the music was on. The players were dancing. They were all enjoying it. And that's what I wanted to do. That's In football, you have to enjoy. You, you have your ups and downs. And, and, and when you have the good times, it's important to enjoy that. And I said to the players that they fully deserved that. That result was coming. If you looked at the previous performances where we didn't get the results and we were playing well, um, managers were telling me that. They were saying to me, Carlton, your team's playing well, you're just not getting the results. They, and then he just clicked that night. So the lads were happy. I told them to go and enjoy themselves and have a good night um, because those are the times you've got to celebrate and, and enjoy. I mean, you know, fantastic performance, fantastic result for the players, for the supporters. You know, because that's what it's all about. I mean, individually, you want to do it for yourself. But ultimately... You, you you want to see you want you want the supporters to be, you know I am one of these people when it, I know for a fact you know I'm I'm quite lucky I'm you know financially and whatever but I know what these people pay to come and watch football matches even from day one. Yeah. So when when they see you can't win every week you can't win every weekend, but you know what when they see the players giving all their effort when they see the players trying their best. You know, and you and you see the supporters going home and you think, you know what, they'll go home and have a good night tonight. They've spent a lot of money, but they've come, they've been entertained and they've gone home. So it was it was a great feeling. It was a great feeling. I just wish we could have uh, given them more. Uh, and, and, and as I said to you, given time, I think that was it was it was inevitable that was going to happen with that group of players. For sure it was. Because I remember I'm going to tell you a story now. I remember this. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, we are playing Northampton away. And the results okay. just weren't coming. Uh, I ummed and ahed whether I was going to play before the start of the game. And Rico said to me, Gaffer, you're playing. So I got myself all worked up uh, before the game. And I, I, I made a silly tackle early doors and I, and, I got, and I got booked. If you remember, I got sent off on the stroke of half time. Yeah. I got sent off. And I walk and I'm walking down the tunnel and I walk past Rico and I can see it in his face. Yeah, I can see I've let him down, I've let the club down, I've let everybody down. I can see it in his face. So mm. I, as a manager now, you can't you can't go in the dressing room, you can't talk to the players, you can't do whatever. I have to go straight to the stand. 
And I sat down next to Brendan Elwood in the stand, and Brendan said to me, don't matter what happens today, Carlton, I'm not going to sack you. He said, it's only going to be a matter of time with these young boys before it kicks. And he said, I'm not, I'm not going to sack you. But I sat there, and I ne it nearly brought me to tears watching them setting off. Remember, we won 1-0 with 10 men, and Ricky Lambert scored the winning goal. And I said to Rico on the, on the, in, in the car on the way home, I said, what did you say to him? And he turned around and he said, listen, he, told, he said, I told the players that they owe you. He said, the likes of Andy Welsh, the likes of Ricky Lambert, the likes of all of these players who were playing in the first team, he told them, he said, you wouldn't be playing if the gaffer wasn't brave enough to do what he's done to give you the opportunity. And as a manager, the team needs to reflect who you are as a person. And the second half, to a man. We already we always trained and practiced for playing against 10 men. But to a man, they were absolutely superb and won the game 1-0. And that's when we went on the run. And had there been another six weeks in the season, we'd have probably ended up in the playoffs that season. And it's great hearing hearing these stories because like you say, it's um, it was a difficult time for all involved in the club. But there were there were some bright sparks, there were some bright moments, memories and players. Uh, and one player you've mentioned there, Ricky Lambert, I think epitomizes what some of those players could do. You know, he went on to have an unbelievable career in the Premier League and with England. Did it did it surprise you or, or did you expect to see him go as far as he did? Listen, he was at Liverpool as a kid. You don't go to Liverpool as a kid if you can't play. So I, I, I couldn't understand why nobody had took a bat on him. I really couldn't understand. But when I got him into the football club I could understand. He couldn't run. He wasn't fit. And we tried everything. We tried to play him in centre midfield. Couldn't play him in centre midfield because he couldn't run. And Rico comes to me one day. I remember it's a Saturday night. He rang me. Must have been. I was asleep. He rang me. He said, Carlton. I said, I said Rico, what's up? What's up? He said, I've got it, Gaffer. He said, I've got it. I said, we just play him as a free roll in the top half of the pitch. So we tell him he's got no responsibility, but we tell him his responsibility is to score goals, create goals. That's his responsibility. So if he doesn't do that, he's not playing. And that was it. He was away. So we put him in the top half of the pitch. Now, if you leave him alone with five or ten yards, he can pick a pass like Matt Letizia. And, if he, and he can strike a ball either foot with tremendous power and pace. And that was it. He was away. And that was down to Kevin Richardson. That wasn't down to me. He, he, he said, let's, let's play this umbrella. He said, and let's, let's stick him in that free roll in the top. So we give him no defensive responsibilities. All he had to do was fill areas. But what he had to do is when we had the ball, he had to make things happen for us. And that's what he did. And he went on. He went on. Have you spoken to him at all since, since, his, since his performances for England or Liverpool or Southampton? Yeah, I have done. I, I haven't spoken. See, it's been difficult for me because I've been out of the country for so long. Yeah. I only come back for a short period of time. But I, I, I have seen some of the boys and I have spoken to some of the boys. And it's nice to see, like I see, our, our, our Will Grahams did a podcast the other day and speak quite highly of me. And I think the boys, Ali Gibb and whatever, I think the boys understood where I was coming from. And they knew that I wanted them to enjoy it. I knew they wanted to have fun. Um, and of course, we wanted to get results. But, you know, I, I tried to teach them the right way. Me and Rico tried to teach them the right way. And, you know, far from what people think that my tenure at Stockport was failure, you, you, if you be honest with you, you know, sometimes people have to be honest. Whoever took over in that first season at Stockport was going to get relegated. That's a fact. That's 100%. 17 games, 7 points adrift. Do the maths. So, what happened after that? The following season, we finished in the top half with a bunch of kids. I get the sack. Six games, seven games into the following season, when we've only lost, I think, was it one game? Maximum two games out of seven. So, it's, uh, you know, is, that, is, that, is it a tough thing for you to look back on? Is it when, when, when someone, if you, if you, if someone stops you in a bar or in the street or whatever, you're Carlton Palmer. If Stockport County is the first club that they mention, do you think it's going to be a good conversation, or does, or does it? I can just sense this. You just wanted that little bit more. Well, it depends because do you know what, right? You've got. You've got you've got some Stockport County fans who who text me and they're very positive and some who don't and of course they don't know the situation so they're only going to see it as you know they believe it to be. It's frustrating for me because whilst I'm not going to turn around to you, I'm not I'm not going to turn around to you and say it was a hugely successful time, but I'm not going to turn around to you and say it was a failure because there's many things in running a football club and in terms of financially uh, sorting the club out, me and Rico did that. Did we bring good young players into the club? Yes, we did. Did we give young players a chance in the club? Yes, we did. Right? Would we have done better? Okay, that's ambiguous because nobody knows what's in the future. We believe we would have done. You know? Yeah. You, you lose somebody like Luke Beckett on the opening day of the season who scores you 30 goals, you know? Yeah. That's, no, it's, it's a very, very fair comment. Um, Carlton, I'm, I'm keeping one eye on the clock. I initially said to you, can you do a 15-minute, 15, 15-20-minute chat? We're, we're pushing an hour. But um, I, I just feel like while I've got you, I, I want to speak to you. There's so, there's so many avenues we could go down. Um, when, we spoke about your time at County, your history, the way it started, the way it ended. 
if you were in a room with a, a, a room full of county fans now, what message would you like to pass on to them? What would you say to the county fans if you had the opportunity on the platform? The staff were brilliant. You know, I can't tell you. The staff were brilliant. Everything was fantastic about it. I mean, like I said to you, it wasn't as bad as what people made out. Not under my tenure, it wasn't. I mean, I don't... You, you be honest with me now. Sammy McElroy has not received any criticism that I've seen. But yeah, he took the team down. He took the team down a year after I left. But I've not seen anybody criticise Sammy McElroy. I think, would it be fair, would it be fair comment? And, um, and I, I want to echo a, a Kareem Fadeen piece that we spoke about off air just, just before we came on. Um, I think it'd be fair comment. And, and again, feel free to, to agree or disagree. I think if you ask county fans now, it would be that same question about yourself and Sammy McElroy. It would be maybe a bit different if you asked them all those years ago, because I think time's a good healer. I think the fact that people have had, upon reflection, the opportunity to look back and see what happened with the club was nothing short of a disaster. Tumbling through the leagues, the, the partnership with the rugby didn't work, uh, if, if we put it that way. And I think at the time, football fans see things at face value. You know, they, if, if they see relegations happen, you know, you will know as well as anyone. Um, football fans see and they react immediately. If you were to if you were to say, looking back now, what you've said today is fair comment. You've brought, play, you've brought young players through. Your, 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 your results and games record is there to be seen. And those players you've mentioned, Luke Beckett, um, Ricky Lambert, Ali Gibb, Aaron Wilburn, these other players, you know, they are good football players. So I think, would it be fair to say, if you ask those fans now, there might be a bit more of an understanding as to Carlton Palmer's tenure at County? Oh, no, I think that's... I think that's uh, I think that's fair enough, um, without a doubt. I mean, I didn't want to come out. The one thing I've never wanted to do is I don't like excuses. You know, uh, make no mistake, I took the job with my eyes wide open. I knew it was going to be a difficult job, um, but we did good things at Stockport County. We did good things. We, we as I said to you, reduced the rates bill from 3.5, 3.6 million to 1.2 million. They, the club was going to get relegated. Brendan didn't have to write a cheque for 750 grand, right? So we got the club back on an even keel. We brought in good players, you know, as I said to you. You look at the, 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 the boys we brought in. We brought in the left back and uh, from Mansfield, Pemberton. We, we, we had, uh, you know, a decent, decent side that if we'd have seen that season out when Brian Kennedy took over, I'm telling you now, we'd have been in the playoffs all better. No question. John Daly was starting to punch his weight. He was 19, becoming a man now. It's a handful, real handful. Andy Welsh was getting on now, coming up to 18 and a half, 19, starting to believe more in himself, got picked for Scotland, you know. So, Ali Gibb was doing tremendous for us down on that right-hand side. We, we, we had a good young side. So, I, I find it hard. Um, I understand your 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 thought process. And, and I think in reflection, people will look back and say, well, yeah, no, it's not really Carlton Palmer's fault. But at the time, it, and, and, and trust me, that first season was, I mean, the times I've come home, did I do the right thing? But I'm going to ask you one question, which some managers do do, and I know they do it. Would it have been right for me to stuck with the players that were already there on the wage bill that was there and the clubs still get relegated, but everybody goes, oh, but they've only just gone down by a few points. Would that have been right to put the club in that position? Financially or otherwise? My, my, my answer to you there is no, but it's not because of the, the pounds spent and everything else. Um, as a football fan, and certainly at that time, I was much younger, I wasn't working in radio or anything at the time, so I was merely there as a fan. And I remember having conversations and everything else saying, what goes on behind the scenes? I'm not overly interested in. As a football fan, I go at the weekend, I want to see the football on the pitch. I don't really know about wage bills and board members and, and, and everything else. So, so to answer your question, no, it wouldn't be a man- right for a manager to do that. The reason I would say no, it's not right for a manager to do that is because a manager should have the final say on how football is played in his club, in his team, because he's the manager. If, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, then it's on his head. But at the same time, if success happens, then it's down to the manager, the manager's way of playing. And that happens at Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp now and it happens all the way at Stockport County and every club in between. So I think the manager... I think you're right to stand by your decisions and say that you did those things. And I, and I would back you there because you were the manager. So, no, if you didn't feel spending that money was right, or if you didn't feel sticking with those players was right, then that was the right thing to do because you're the gaffer. Um, and if, if you're the manager at that time, then we have to respect your decision. But it was the best thing. That was the best thing to do. That was the best thing to do in the interest of the football club. And you see, the problem you've got with Brendan Elwood, who's a, who's a bloke, as I said, and he said that to me the first day I met him. He said to me, he, he, you know, he allowed Andy Kilner to do the things he really wouldn't have allowed Andy Kilner to do in his day-to-day business. And uh, Brendan Elwood was a very successful property developer. And he said to me, I would not have allowed him. But because Andy Kilner, he trusted him in terms of, you know, the players he wanted to bring in and, and the money he wanted to pay on wages. He trusted him and he said to me, Carlton, I shouldn't have done. You know, um, and, 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 and this is what's happened. And he paid, he paid in every price, not financially, because Brendan could withstand the financial. He paid in every price in a club that he loved. He ended up in a, in a demise. Um, he, he will freely admit to you if, you if you do an interview with him. Because what Brendan did with me, Brendan called me on the day they decided to sell to Brian Kennedy. And uh, he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all three new, all of you, your staff and everybody, three-year contracts with no break clauses. 
He said, I've discussed this with Brian Kennedy. He's on the same page. I've told him you're the best people to go forward with the football club. And he said, you know, and, and Brendan was, was so upbeat about, you know, us getting promotion and, 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 and carrying it forward. Um, but I knew day one. I'm, I'm telling you now, and Rico will tell you, if you speak to Kevin Richards, he'll tell you from day one what I said to him. So they don't trust the guy. And for all those supporters who are passionate about Stockport, you know, it's sad. It's sad. Just, just finally then, Carlton, to sign off. Um, I, I think I speak on behalf of, of, of any fan who's watching or listening to this um, when it goes live, that I certainly would welcome you to, to welcome you to a game and have a chat on, on air afterwards. Do you think you ever will find yourself coming to watch a county game again? Oh, listen, I, I've got, like I've said to you, the one thing about me is I'll tell you as it is. I love Stockport County. I The people, the, the, the staff at the club, if you speak to the staff at the club the way I was with them, me and Rico used to stay on the, the family hotel round the corner. Um, you know, we, we had a fantastic time there and the atmosphere was brilliant. It was We were just all disappointed when Brendan left. And if Brendan could have just... Listen, and I'm being a bit disrespectful here because Brian, Brendan's wife is now dead and he had to do what he had to do at the time. So it's a bit selfish of me to say Brendan stayed on for two more years. But... In high, if he had stayed on for the two more years, let me tell you, we would have got promotion. That team would have got promotion. No danger. Absolute no danger. But if a man takes over a football club and he's not really interested in football, you know, you get somebody out who's earning the money that I was earning. You bring in Sam and McElroy. I'm not saying whether Sammy's a good manager or he's not a good manager. I don't know what the deal was with Sammy when he brought him in. I know what they paid him, and it was a fraction of what I was getting paid. Um, so, you know, whether they allowed Sammy to, to do anything in the market or not. I've not spoke to Sammy, but I know when what, what happens with these managers. A lot of the times behind the scenes, it's not always the manager's fault. But we can't come out and say that to the general public because... This, this, it's, it's, it's important. And you see, after Stockport, even then when I was interviewed for other jobs, I would say to the chairman, what's your realistic amb uh, ambition for the club? Because a lot of the times, chairmen come out and they come out and they say, well, hang on a minute, we'd like to be in the playoffs. Well, hang on a minute, your budget is 1.1 million and those teams who are getting promoted and um, getting in the playoffs, they've got a budget of over 2 million. So how's that going to happen? The only way that's mm. going to happen is if you're in a club for four or five years where you can bring through young players. Well, when does that happen now? Yeah. No, that's fair. That's a fair comment. And I think I think the way the game is going and the way social media has opened up the behind the scenes, if you like, and people have more knowledge of, of what goes on, I think that's becoming more and more apparent these days. Transfer budgets are spoken about more now than I think they ever have been. Um Carlton, I can't thank you enough for coming on today uh, and just giving a little bit of clarity uh, and just a little bit of insight, if you like, into what went on behind the scenes all those years ago. Um, and I don't think I'll ever be able to thank you enough for that night against Man City. I think that was the pinnacle for me. That was one of the, the greatest moments uh, I've ever been at Stockport County. But I can't thank you enough for coming on today. And like I say, it would be, it would be a joy to have you back for a game in the future. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, definitely. And thanks very much for having me on. And, and, and let's get this right. I've not come on to sort of, um, you know, try and justify the time. It was a difficult time for the supporters, um, you know, who paid their money and wanted to see the club um, successful. But what I wanted to give the, the supporters a true perspective about what happened at the time. And when, once they understand what happened at the time, Obviously, then they can hopefully view it a little bit differently. Was my time at Stockport uh, usually successful? No. Was it complete failure? Absolutely not. It's a fair comment. Carlton Palmer, thank you very much for joining us. So, Chris, another fantastic interview there. Um, incredible, really, you know, what Carlton Palmer's seen and done in the game. Um, but one massive highlight. And, you know, all county fans will remember it. It's a moment that anybody old enough to be there um, will never forget. And probably anybody there who, anybody young enough will have heard it from the guys who were there anyway. And we're talking about that game against City, of course. 
it's a a lovely coincidence. It's a really nice coincidence that um, County did a couple of weeks ago put on the the goal of the day, you know, on the social media channels, they put that winning goal. And uh, I just love the way the commentator's voice breaks in excitement as... um, as, as John Hardiker runs through and he just, and Hardiker has skull and his voice just leaves him behind because um, the emotion that takes over is fantastic. Look, you know as well as I do, Martin, Carlton Palmer's reign at County is not one that is ever going to be looked back on as the most successful period of any manager in history. If anything, there's a lot of question marks and there's a lot of people who point fingers one way and the other. But when you take that moment in isolation, um, it's I, you know I said to it in, I said it in the interview it's one of the pinnacles of being a county fan that night it was a truly special memory um, county beat city at the death in front of the Cheedland um, county were already down and and as as the commentator says just after the goal Kevin Keegan checks his watch he can't do anything now <laughs> it, it, that, those lines will live with me forever and um, and Carlton played a part in that. On the pitch as a player, he won the ball back and played the initial ball forward, but he was a manager as well. And it was interesting hearing his side of the story about what he feels he could have done with the team, should have, would have, could have, and, you know, if he'd had more time and and things had had played out a little differently. But football is a very unforgiving sport at times. It's a very unforgiving business. He knows that as well, if not better than most. You and I know that. Anyone who follows the game knows that. Um, we've seen it at all levels. We've seen Leicester City manager go and win the Premier League and then be out of a job six months later. So football is is a weird, strange game. Carlton, I thought, spoke openly and honestly. Um, and just hearing that night relived and hearing him call it one of one of his fondest football memories after playing so many times for England. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's how special it was. So, you know, I thought it was good. He's, there's certainly no hostility from our side towards Carlton. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think um, it was good of him to come on and do the do the interview because he didn't have to. Yeah, we talked about it last week. I think and that's the key to it. You know, not not every interview you do, not every player that that you talk to is going to have had a perfect time. You know, most of them will have had a good enough time to have that as the bulk of the things that they talk about. But you know, Carlton's experience, as you say, is different. But that to me, that just makes you know for. A, for another fascinating listen, just you know, from a different point of view, and to hear those perspectives, I think we um, we should get when we get our county live T-shirts done, we should uh, we should get that put <clears throat> we should get put it put on it. We should uh, have um, there's nothing he can do about it now. Is that is that the quote? What was it? <laughs> <laughs> he checks <laughs> his no watch. He can't do anything now. Yeah, he can't do yeah, anything like now. It. Yeah, with a with a watch. Yeah. <laughs> There's an idea for you, um, but another yeah. thing that interested me, uh, you know, was uh, by the way, let's patent that idea. Anyone yeah. trying to steal that idea, yeah. we, we, we've made it. C it's co- copyright yeah. circle. Yeah. T-T-M. Copyright circle. Yeah, you can't have it. It's ours. Um, <laughs> uh, but another other thing that uh, caught my ear, something else I enjoyed with you too, was him talking about Ricky Lambert, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, when when he goes on to say about you, you look at the players, and it's a fair point from, from Carlton's side, whether you agree with some of his tactics, his his style of management, etc. One one of the things you can't get around is some of the players that he brought into the club went on to have good careers or had good careers at County. Luke Beckett is another example who, okay, didn't hit the heights of, of Ricky Lambert, but as as far as County players goes, he's, he's in the top 10 strikers of all time. Um Ricky Lambert is a guy who's gone on to have a not not just a not just a fleeting visit to the Prem, but he's made a sterling stellar career in the Prem, and he's played for the he's played for. <laughs> I'm interested to see your reaction here. He's played for arguably the biggest club in the Prem, um, <laughs> certainly in certainly in the top, <laughs> certainly in the top echelon, um, and then he's gone on to play for his country. So, it, like Carlin said in the interview. Um, you don't play for Liverpool as a kid without having something. You don't then go on to play for Liverpool again if you don't, if you, if you, you know, if you're not developed, if you're not an all-round complete player. Um, I think 
Ricky, what Ricky Lambert has done in his time since going on from County is is utterly remarkable. Let's be honest, I don't think anybody predicted he was going to do that when he left. He was obviously a good player, but you, you just can't say he's going to go on and play for England and play in the, in the Premier League and everything else. So fair play to him, to him for doing it. Um, and fair play to Carlton for, for, for bringing him in in the first place and giving us that talking point. And it was, it was one of the very few gems, if you like, of a, you know, what was not forgettable, but there was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, there's a lot of downs and not a lot of ups in that time. And, um, and, and fair play to Carlton for, for bringing a real highlight of an up that was Ricky Lambert. A lot of people won't even remember Ricky Lambert play for County. But when you look back at well, he did, and and mm-hmm. so did and so did Luke Beckett, and so did Ali Gibb, and so did all these other players. So, yeah, it was um, fair play to Carlton for bringing it up. Uh, he has every right to, and um, like you say, I don't. I think the club is in a better place now. Um, I, I would never envisage changing from changing from Jim Gannon again um, any time in the in the short or long term future. But if Carlton comes back to watch a county game, I'd, I'd love to go and have a pint with him after the game. Why not? Um, like like we said before, I think I think he's a I think he's a pretty decent guy actually. Yeah, uh, Ricky Lambert. There's not many people because they hate us because we bought all their players. But there's not many um, players that can unify Southampton and Liverpool fans. But he's absolutely absolutely revered in Southampton. You know, he had a great record for them. And one of those players who you know not massively fantastically skillful, but a great poacher and you know gave his all in every situation. And for Liverpool, they you know. They bought him to be, you know, third, fourth backup striker to get on occasionally to go on, you know, battle for the ball, win a few headers, and he did his job. So fair play. Could take, could take, could take a penalty as well, couldn't he? Couldn't have to take a penalty as well. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what? Talk, let's go slightly off topic for a moment. Speaking of players that unite Liverpool and Southampton fans, Adam Lallana signs for Brighton. Yeah, I don't think Southampton. So I think the way I read that is that. Um, Southampton couldn't guarantee him starts. And I think Graham Potter has said, you know, you will start more often than not. Um, but he's he's gone to the he's gone back down south because that's where his family are. He wanted to wanted to move down there. So you're either talking Port, Portsmouth, Southampton or Brighton. And yeah, the, as far as I understand it from some of the Liverpool podcasts I listen to, yeah, um Brighton have almost guaranteed him, you know, a regular football. So fair play to him. Fair enough. Well, my opinion, he's better. He's better than Brighton, but well, listen. he is. He is. I mean, there was you know four or five years ago, he was uh, England's top player in terms of the England national setup. You know, he was the he was the top player. Was the first name on the team sheet. Fantastic player. Can play. You know, both feet. You know, lots of energy. Not many players like that really these days. And he really he was one of the ones that when Klopp came, he built the team around him. He didn't build him around him. Uh, he didn't build it around him big enough for him to stay there. But you know he was a real, you know, and a massive dressing room player. You know he was he was really important to the to to you know this you know and all those players. Jordan Henderson has said that Klopp said that himself. So you know he leaves with the, yeah. the best wishes, and I'm sure he'll do a great job for Brighton. I'm glad they stayed. Yeah, up. Well, I think they're they're very entertaining side. So uh, do you know? Do you know? I thought it was interesting uh, in in the world of football as well this week, um, bringing it back to county. Um, the season has been given a new, almost certain start date. Yeah, I didn't realise that the that the everything else was like kind of you know a TBC, but it's it's great that the um, the the two uh, B confirmed is still a TBC, but is almost certain now. It's um, yeah, it's mm. good news. I think so. I think even though it's a little bit later than we would have liked, um, I think it's something to do with crowd dependency. Um, I think. Uh, as I understand it, it's um, you know a lot of non-league clubs will you know they they require crowds at games. It's just not plausible. It's not possible for them to do it without. So that's I think that's the, the reasoning behind it. Um, so we've got a little bit of a wait, but at least we know when it is. Um, and it also sets us a challenge, Martin, you and I, because we now have however many weeks it is till the start of the season. What, what would it be about? Nine weeks or something till the start of the season. And I think we can get Legend Series interviews um, every week in between now and then. I think, we, I think we've got nine lined up, all ready to go already. So uh, we could well see this series going on into the new season. And that's a county live promise. And you know what you can do with that? You can take it to the bank. 
<laughs> we might get to the point where if all the players start paying us off, bidding us off, we uh, we might say the legend interviews consists of people who've worked in the bars on Edgerly and stuff. <laughs> Just they have stories. Yeah, absolutely. Get get them lined up, and then we could interview each other. I could do you. You could yeah. do me. That's two more weeks. Yeah. We'd, ha- we'd have was- to re- we'd have to rename it from the Legend series to like I don't know. And obviously after, bunch. The, after that, you're going to start playing songs about uh, about county players using your guitar that's in the background. You massive poser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, is it <laughs> strategically played? Oh, oh, this. Oh, yes. Oh, this old thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. oh yeah. I think I can still bash out a few. Yeah. <laughs> stairway to heaven anyway on on that note we're only for next week we're not revealing we're only teasing am i right yes follow us on social media um on instagram at, uh what's the handle on, on instagram at stockport county live i think yes Stockport county live um follow us at stockport county live on instagram and we will be announcing it uh, on Tuesday, we will, of course, be putting teasers out on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Monday with a couple of clues. And if we're honest, uh, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out um, who the, who the players are from the clues. But we'll be putting out a little teaser clip as well on um, on Tuesday um, as well. So yeah, Monday and Tuesday, social channels. Keep your eyes out. Keep your keep your thinking caps on, and see if you can work out who we've got next Thursday. We'll see you next time on County Live.